0: Welcome to From the Field to the Fans podcast. I'm your host, Keysam Ramirez. Joining me, Assistant Sports Editor Paul Livingood. A football game finally at San Marcos, which has been a while. It's been five, six weeks since we last saw one. It is six weeks. We were a little rusty. Texas State finally played one, and they finally won one going up against South Alabama. two, uh, Two and four on the season, 36 to 18 victory. It was, across the board, one of the better games Texas State has played this season. The defense allowed 468 yards, and that seems like a lot in the context, and it is, but the defense played so much dramatically better than the last five weeks that preceded this. So that's something. The offense, rushing especially, excelled, and the passing game left a little bit to be desired. But Brandon McDowell is the story here, and we'll start with him.
1: Yep. Uh, Brandon McDowell, once again, he did something very spectacular. It's too bad that there was hardly anyone at the stadium to see it. It was reported that there was
0: 14,536, I want to say. 14,253,
1: actually. 253. I know it was, I know it was 14 and 5, and then I didn't remember the last numbers. But – there definitely was not 14,000 fans at that stadium. There was, may, I'd say, maybe two or 3,000. At
0: best. At best. I think Texas State yeah. forgot to move the decimal over three spades because there was about 14 people in there for most of the yes, game. Like, I uh, mean, the weather forecast projected a lot of rain, granted, but it wasn't as bad as I thought, and the showing was not – I'm not going to – The showing
1: was a lot better than I thought it would be given the fact it that it rained worse. all day. That was a little bit but worse But I think
0: I, I think the fact
1: that – it rained consistently all day because of this hurricane that's on the west coast of Mexico that we're getting uh, a little bit of rain from. Um, that played a huge factor into the attendance being the way it was. Because, one, a lot of people that go to the game go to tailgate, and there was no tailgate today. That so, did cut out a lot of that. So, ace. I mean, that's a lot of students that didn't go to the game. Um, I feel like most of the people that went to the game today were um, very few students, mostly alumni. Uh, Didn't have family. a lot else to do then, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, but I guess we can kind of get into what everyone missed.
0: Regardless of who was there, Brandon McDowell made a special play. Yes. Right. Definitely. He,
1: um, he almost wasn't even on the field to to make the play. Um, I guess to set the scene, there was five seconds left in the half, and uh, South Alabama has the ball on their. It was a 53-yarder, so that's what they're on the for the 37. And so they set up this 53-yard field goal, and Fran frantically like there was no one, there was no one to uh, back to return a, a possible um, miss field goal. And so uh, Coach Fran frantically called timeout before they uh, got the the snap off, and proceeded to put Brandon McDowell, their punt returner, back to uh, to just in case like receive the kick and trying to make of whatever he can. And as if Fran planned it out that way. The kicker for South Alabama misses about ten to five, uh, about five to ten yards short, and Brandon McDowell fields the punt inside the end zone and takes it a hundred yards back to the house, which could possibly be on tonight's Sports Center top ten, in my opinion. It was
0: really one hundred four, one hundred three, right? Yeah, ish. It's college football, you you did this smart thing and actually gave credit to when you catch it in the end zone That would
1: be f- yeah that'd be fun but, but I
0: mean you you asked the question and I'm glad that you did That completely changed the yeah. p- the
1: the aspect of the game
0: It did because it was 12 to 3 and then the it time. was 18 to 3 I think that 19 to 3 afterwards 19 to 3 and that was a big jump because the third quarter was didn't bite the Bobcats this time but they nope. weren't great in the third quarter anyway And I
1: feel like that Brandon McDowell uh, return like kind of help the momentum and going into third quarter. They come out of the uh, of halftime, knowing that they, they just had a huge it, they didn't play suck in the third quarter, which is a no, lot. No, they did
0: not. So, and as you said, as you asked, I'm glad you asked the question post game. Brandon McDowell, when did you think you were gonna run it back? And he
1: said, as soon as I stepped on the field. Not, before they even kicked the ball, he said, as soon as I stepped on the field, I knew that I, was, if I, if he missed the field goal, I was going to take it back because of the fact that there's nothing but linemen on the field. And so he was obviously very confident in his speed and his ability. He said that all he had to do is if they missed it, just uh, catch it not, uh, nice and safe. And he actually said that catching uh, missed field goals are easier than catching punts, but besides the point. Um, he said there's a lot of linemen out there. Yeah, you just have to he said all you, you got to do is just set him up in the middle the and then bounce it outside. The placeholder almost got
0: him. I thought watching it live, the placeholder was gonna yeah, rip he, him and bring him down. I th- but when he, I was watching
1: it live, I was like, oh, he's gonna get him. But then once he passed that guy, I was like, oh, over. He's, he's he just gone. To the
0: left sideline. Yeah, and Brandon McDowell also just. Outside of that, he was pretty good in a, in, in coverage. his coverage. Yeah, the st- I wish we had the the coverage stats that you can see on ESPN that you know thrown yeah. to this how many yards is this. But I watching the game, it's not yeah. that I imagine Brandon McDowell did. They threw well a deep on, on him a,
1: like a, a number of times, and they, they didn't have any deep balls on him whatsoever. But I mean, David Mims on the other on the other water is
0: wet. David Mims gets beat deep. So we <laughs> said that's what we said during the game. It's the same thing. We expected he, at preseason Sunbelt Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Has not looked like it. It feels like, if anything, they're having more success throwing to Mims than McDowell. I don't. Yeah. I don't have hard and fast metrics, but just the I think the, the whole
1: one A and one B is kind of maybe switched there, or
0: maybe it's just the fact that Mims is playing better receivers and McDowell's playing less. That that could be that, a, that could be a, a thing. Com- yeah. A, a context a of both. Why. But after McDowell, Texas State leaned on their lead running back after losing Chris Nuttall for the year. Yeah. That man was Rob Lowe. When yep. you needed a touchdown, what did you call? One eight hundred touchdown bling. That fire that, tweet by the Texas
1: State was, athletics. That
0: I, I shout out to them. I wish I thought of that. I'm regretful that I thought of, it, but I'm going to steal it on this podcast. Texas State called one eight hundred touchdown bling a lot. Yeah, three times in particular. They had it on speed dial. They did. I mean, and that's the only number they had on favorites. They just they just <laughs> kept dialing. Rob Lowe was like, "All right, I'm going to answer back." Um, Rob Lowe, thirty carries, a career high, two th- hundred forty eight rushing yards, three touchdowns. That. Incredible performance and they like he was the rock that they always needed and yeah. i maybe it took Chris not to leave the fold I don't I don't know but Rob Walton had the game that he was always looking for it,
1: It's funny because when it, looking back to last season It seemed like every single time Texas State had like a like a good demanding win like this Robert Lowe was always the person that did well and so, I mean, and you can look at this season so far. they were one and four before this, and he only had two hundred ninety nine rushing yards in five, yeah, in five games, and he almost matched that in one game. So now he has like, I don't know, the two ninety nine plus two forty eight. I don't want to do the math in my head right now, but that's easily over five hundred yards. So I mean, he, he's already close to
0: doubled his what he had he before. He nearly matched his first five games. Exactly. In this game alone. And Texas d- State it- knows when that hotline bling. That can only mean one thing. Rob Lowe. <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm going to milk that one more time. Oh I apologize. I, I had to do it. But just a, just a solid performance across the board from him. I, I, yep. That's what we want also to see. Also moved up in the record books. He did. I'm glad you mentioned that. Fourth all-time in rushing touchdowns, six all-time in rushing yards. He just – Jen Lawson, shout out to her. She was, she was, she had the she Rob stats. She was Lowe stat. killing the stats yeah, today. Yeah, she, she, won. she was spotlight player on the SID game. There you go. Uh, Saturday. She had all the Rob Lowe stats consistently, and it was like every 10 minutes there was a new Rob Lowe. Stat yeah, it's that he like, broke.
1: oh, career numbers, career numbers. And I was like, geez, Jen, like, how, like, is, Rob, like, is he, was he already that close? And you just know, how do you know all these things? But I guess that's just the, the life as a SID. Yeah. Shout out to
0: them for giving us that. And as Rob Lowe was pounding the rock, doing his thing, the defense settled in too, especially in the first half. Finally we got the defense that we
1: wanted. Exactly. I mean, uh, Coach Fran was talking about the defense, and he said this is the way that Bobcat football should be played. So, I mean, even though they did give up uh, 468 total yards, they only only allowed 18 – That's what I said, 468 total yards. Um, they only gave up 18 points, which is the lowest they've done uh, so far this season, including a, a, a game against Prairie View A and M, who's not even a Division one school. This is one a D one
0: school. school, actually. So
1: so. I mean, the the defense played head and shoulders better than they have the entire season, and you can tell that that each week in uh, Brad Franciani's new system that they're getting better and they're doing. They do that. Uh, they talked about in the press conference that new, like everyone's a stand up rusher. Defense where they all kind of the just wander package. yeah, where they all just like wander around and like act like "Oh, I'm gonna go here I'm gonna go here, and I mean it was consistently like the same guys you have like Kareem Barry and easy onyama uh, and Just like like other linebackers um, Tim gay was a part of it, and they would just roam the line and just try to time the snap count I mean they had a, a couple sacks off of that just that look right there, so Could that be an, a new staple of the defense in the future? probably. I'm sure we'll see more of that. Um, but as long as the defense improves week to week, I think Texas State should be in a good position to turn their season around and mend themselves, as I said in, in my recap.
0: The biggest difference for me in these two games of Brad Fran and the three or four games of John Thompson, they don't make the mind-blowing mental miscues, the coverage errors that they had at uh, under john thompson whether that's gray areas or some other thing maybe it's simplifying or or streamlining the defense we don't know specifically but brad Fran has his team and his defense playing inspired good defensive football they're 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 bending a lot but they're not breaking and they were they were not bending and they were breaking a lot under john thompson that's exactly. that's a lot to be said they sacked uh, cody clemens three times including a big one to, to get the turnover on downs. Exactly. And it it was nice and refreshing to see a, a Texas State team running the ball and playing good defense. The the passing, which we'll talk about a little bit, wasn't there, but the bare fundamentals, the Bobcat football, the old school kind of thing snapped a streak that Texas Day hasn't won a game in six weeks. We said that earlier. Yeah. It's a game Over of six a month, weeks. a month and a half. It's been a long time. You had the bye weeks. You had the defensive coordinator. You had the injuries. Just a lot Just of up and down breaks. And yeah. they finally got some good breaks. Two inadvertent South. whistles. Yeah, South Alabama, all the breaks kind of – and Fran even said it post game. We started, we don't want to call ourselves front runners, but we had a lot of breaks and then we just kept using that as momentum and moving yeah. on and avalanche and they started playing better. Um, that that was to be said, but let, let, let's talk about the, the passing offense or the lack thereof. 36 18, <laughs> it's a victory. There's a lot of positives. We don't want to be negative Nancy's here, but Tyler Jones, even though Fran said it was efficient, he was not efficient. Uh, he was thirteen of twenty three for one hundred. I feel like he yards. just didn't
1: make that many mistakes besides his interceptions. Is, is what he's he trying just to wasn't say. A, he
0: just wasn't good as a passer.
1: I think the the I think part of I, Tyler Jones is a lot better than his stats say, and I think it's a part of this like it's a product of the system that he's running, because all the play calls that they give him, he's throwing two yard passes like every single every single time he throws a the ball. They're throwing little uh, flat routes and and passing to the running back. Like, where's when you like? I think they, they threw the ball it's deep. It's
0: frustrating to watch.
1: Yeah. They, I think they threw the ball deep maybe twice in the entire game. And so, I mean, just like you have the speedsters, you have CJ Best, you have Brandon Smith, you have JFS Gaines, you have DeMond Mercer, all these speed guys that could t- take the top off of a defense. Take a couple of them and send them, send them down the field and see if they can make a play for you. So, I mean, or even intermediate type. Uh, place the tight ends or anything like that on the corner routes or post routes or something but nope Texas State and francione they just oh we're gonna throw our little five yard slant route and and five yard out routes and get
0: pick sixes and stuff like in the Houston game and if if Rob Lowe's running this ball running this well, it doesn't matter. But he's not always going to run the that's ball. The well. That's, butter, he, that's, that's the bread and
1: butter. That's the bread and butter of Texas State is running the ball.
0: And even that's not Tyler always Jones, be though, like against Ark State and that, Georgia eh, Southern. I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to need Tyler Jones, and he has. I'm not going to write him off. But this just was not his night. But Mm-mm. a guy who had his night, and we I meant to talk about it before we went to Tyler Jones. Mr. Legend of San Marcos, Lumi, Lumi Kaba.
1: Kaba. He was what a
0: game. He he helped the defense a lot, and Fran even said it. They had two drives starting at the one, and Fran said that one in fifteen they score on those drives. Yeah, those are long odds, and that was incredible. Coaches to. do
1: not like play call, like. I mean, why would you like play calling from the one yard line on your own side? Um, he just getting the the ball inside there twenty five times and twice on the one. He even had that one punt that went sixty nine yards. Like, he, he's, like, he was if, – if Robert Lowe didn't have such a good game, I would have gave the MVP of the game to Lumi Cabo just because of the field positioning aspect. And, and Fran talked about how that's extremely huge in terms of helping your defense being, them, set themselves up for success. So, I mean, when you can get them in, in like, long down and distances because of the fact that um, you're forcing their play calling to be very one-dimensional – that can, I mean, that, I feel like that played a huge part of the reason why they only allowed 18 points.
0: People talk a lot about in football explosive plays and points and big hits, but a very underrated subplot is field position. If you have a short field, you're gonna score more points than if you have a long field. If you have a long field, conversely, you're gonna struggle. It's a base it's a basic element of football, regardless if you're Alabama or if you're South Alabama. There's no difference. If you're going to go 99 yards, doesn't matter who you are, where you're playing, it's going to be hard. That is definitely true. I, I, I actually, I'm looking at
1: the stat here, and I'm kind of surprised that it kind of fell through the cracks. No one really talked about it. But the fact, all these penalties, South yeah, Alabama has true. 16 penalties for 127 yards, and Texas State has 11 for 111. So, I mean, both teams are kind of shooting themselves in the foot. And I feel like that also helped the defense with the fact that, South Alabama had 16 penalties because I'm sure um, that in certain drives they put themselves back in long down to distances, which, again, helps with field positioning and gives, them, gives themselves a difficult time trying to move the chains. And so all, it's kind of de- defensively it was all kind of encompassed yeah. into one. The job so. was a
0: lot made easier by a man, Luby Kamba. Seven punts, 334 yards, 47.7 <laughs> yards per punt. And the key stat, really, because your job as a punter to give them long fields. Five punts inside the the twenty. I think three inside the ten. Even two inside the the, three. Like two on the one. Two on the one. On the one foot line. So like, that's doing that's doing your job, um, because James Sherman didn't do his job and missed that. He missed an extra point. point. Yeah. That's besides the point. James Sherman, you fired. (laughs) Yeah. Importance of the victory. Two and four. There's still a lot of room to improve and a lot of room to, to get to. Yes, to, they especially to reach the game win to But this is gotta mean something, right? Oh,
1: definitely. The, this was definitely a must-win game. You'll never hear Fran say that, but or the B-word,
0: which is not. Or uh, what you yeah, think. or the B-word. biscuit. It's not. B-b-b-b-b-b-b-
1: it's B-b-b-b- bowl game. <laughs> that word. Um. Yeah, he got on Joe for that. <laughs> Poor Joe. He, was, he he was harsh on Joe today.
0: He was the low light of the podcast. Fran, Fran was just searing Joe from yeah. the San Marcus Daily Record, and I was just sitting there. I'm like, wow, uh, he's just right. roasting this man.
1: But yeah, um, the this win's huge, uh, getting the momentum turned back around. I think it really helps the team going into a short week against Georgia Southern, which Fran also s- talked was very displeased with the fact that Georgia Southern played on Saturday and te- or sorry Thursday, and we and I had it mixed up um and Texas State played today on Saturday. And so Georgia Southern has what three two two more days to per- and they're at home. And they're at home so Texas State has to travel there. And so he was very, he showed his displeasure with with that aspect of the game. But winning this game in such a, a dominant fashion is going to do nothing but help the Bobcats with their confidence going into that game and say perhaps they find a way to beat the, the defending conference champions, and now they're three and four going into a three-game road stretch against teams that they all beat last year. And then all of a sudden, you win those three games, and look, what are you, what are you then six and four? And then you go last two or last what? Yeah, last two games of the season. And then from that point, you anything can happen. So, I think as much as a must-win this game was, this next one against Georgia Southern is going to be even bigger. Um, which I guess is fitting because it just next week's a bigger week, a bigger week, yeah. a bigger week. So, so I'm excited I, season, I, I, as I, like I, to say. yeah, exactly. I really hope in my heart of hearts that Texas State turns it around and does the
0: unthinkable and wins the rest yeah. of their games. We'll see. We'll that's see. life in the fun belt. pursuit of wins, as, as you said once before. <laughs> as Fran said, that's life in the, life in the sun Belt just, you have a short week. You have to go on the road, but the thing you got to do, you, you you don't control any of that really, Mm-mm. but you do control how well you play Thursday night, and that's what's going to matter against the Georgia Southern team, which I feel like is going to be a little seething. They just lost. Awesome. Yeah, they just came off a loss. Yeah. To Appalachian State on the road, and that was a game that they're both good teams, and I felt like it was going to be close, but Appalachian State didn't make it close. And yeah. a week to kind of think about it, they might come Texas. They might come at Texas State hard, and it's going to be. I don't know how they're going to respond. They I, they could lay down or they could fight, and I wouldn't be surprised either way. But that's going to be something that we're going to be watching out for. Definitely. Do, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap up this wonderful show um, that we put out?
1: Do you? Ha- I'm I'm curious.
0: So going back to this hotline bling thing. I'm glad you said I was going to end the show did, with that. Did you? Do you have a wrap? I don't. We don't do that for recaps. Uh, I don't get. I don't get paid for that. Oh Are you darn! Kidding? Okay.
1: Well, what was it? What were you planning on for this hotline bling thing?
0: I was just gonna say that Rob Lowe's, you know, should pay for unlimited calls because Texas State is gonna be wanting to call his one eight hundred touchdown bling. So next weekend's Thursday. Hopefully, I, it's that, sorry, hopefully I'm,
1: that I'm, hotline I'm, is just as hot next week. Yeah,
0: I hope that bling is blinging more than ever. I, I we're we're beating this dead <coughs> and horse. And Amani shaking her head. The horse is there. It's been dead, and we're still beating it. I'm sorry for this poor horse. I think we should wrap the show up. Is that I think? I cool think that's that? fair. All right, we'll we'll wrap it up. For Paul Living Good, I'm Kisan Ramirez. Peace out. <laughs>